1: He has listened to us for over 7,000 minutes. I, I tweeted back at him. I said, you have listened to me more than my kids. And I feel like that <laughs> might be true, uh, actually. Yeah, my, I mean, my kids are teenagers. They don't listen to me at all anymore.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's up, everybody. How you doing? It's Chris Sims. I'm Chris Sims Unbuttoned. It's week 13. It's almost all the way in the books. We got the Packers Chiefs still pending. And, of course, we got a Monday night showdown. But it's, as always, 10, 19 p.m. Sunday night. I am here with one of my best buddies in the world, Ahmed Fareed. Up, and my kids still didn't listen to me much, very much this weekend. I have teenagers. Yeah. You still have kids that are like dad's cool, and I listen to him every now and then. You'll soon be the not cool dad like me. I'm not that cool already. <laughs> okay. I'm still not
1: that cool. I, I tell him I give him critiques on the YouTube videos that they're watching all the time, and they're like, "You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you don't get it." Right. I, like I do get it. Right? They're yelling. Yeah, they're it's screaming. not that good. It's you not, don't get it.
2: It's bad, kid. You don't get it. <laughs> and that's what I try to say to yes. my kid too. Yes. Right? You'll he tries realize. to tell me about his haircut sometimes. He's yeah. got this crappy ass haircut that I can't stand. <laughs> right? And he's like, "You don't get it, Dad." I'm like, "No, no, I do get it." I see every boy at your school with that crappy ass haircut. It sucks. Yeah. Be different, Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They, but that's that's how you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. We didn't listen when we were I kids. Did. You don't listen. We to your knew parents. better, right? We right. still right. think we know better. Yes, it just never. ends. Now it's even worse
2: because now the kids, I think, think they know more just because of social media and the access they have to everything. So they yeah. think they know everything at times. They got too much. And I knowledge. literally will tell my kids like, "Shut up! Yeah. You're 17. You don't know shit, so be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. to say
1: that at least twice a week to both yeah. of them. And they go, Dad, this is why we don't listen to you. We, we don't <laughs> want to hear that anymore. Um, uh, thank you for listening to us thank each you. and every Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever you listen to this. Or if you're overseas, like some people have said, this could be like Monday night. Yeah. I'm not even sure yeah, how that Monday works. Yeah, Monday afternoon. Yeah, Who Monday knows? afternoon. I
2: mean, we have a following in Europe. We know that. Big so time. it might be yeah early afternoon. They finally get
1: the the drop of the Unbutton podcast. So this is our promise to the homies each and every time. We will talk about every game that happened. There That's were some we buys. Doing. And yeah. so it's a little lighter load here. And there were some games that we have in a category called setting offense back, <laughs> setting that, <laughs> the world back. <laughs> that's you know, true. I mean, that we might think be true, of football, right? Like, what are you spending your yeah. Sunday doing, watching these games? Yeah. Uh, we will talk about those games very briefly. <laughs> uh, but we have wild card hopefuls. We got give me the headlines. We got a quick Thursday night football recap, Monday night football preview. So every game, and we start with the heavyweight clash. As a good game on Sunday night is happening yeah, too, at is. Chiefs and Packers. Right. It is a good. So game. So that's going to be a little. Well, right now the
2: Chiefs are driving, and we'll see where it goes. But the Chiefs have not been able to stop the Packers' offense for the majority of the night. And it's been long drives, by all offenses. you know. So there's not a little, lot of wiggle room for mistakes here. And really mm-hmm. the big thing is the Packers, the first two drives of the game, went down, scored touchdowns. The Chiefs settled for field goals. That made it 14-6, to and you know that's what they've been playing catch-up behind
1: ever since. So you nailed your prediction that everyone listening already knew the answer to last week and saying the Chargers were not going to come back and win that game. Make a prediction right now. It's 21-12, Chiefs down, fourth quarter hasn't even started yet. What's going to happen? I, I think they're going to come back and win this wow. one too. Wow. I do. I'm gonna I'm
2: gonna take them to win this. Hold on, let me just get this straight. They got 12 wow. right now, so they're not gonna go to 19. They're gonna win 26, 24. Holy okay, mackerel! That's what I'm gonna go with. And All everyone right. knows if you're right and or we'll not. We'll see. We'll <laughs> right see where now, it goes. <laughs> I knew this game could be dangerous. I yeah. didn't have guts. If, if you listen to the picks podcast I had with Florio, yeah. I took the Chiefs by three, uh-huh. but I said you better watch out. This has upset written on it. You know, a little bit like we talked with some teams when you play aggressive defense, right? Like the Chiefs man-to-man so much, and then all of a sudden you play a team that's go. whoa, we got some weapons on the outside. You sure you want to play man-to-man like this? And our quarterback's starting to feel it. He'll chuck it down the field. And that's where it's dangerous, and that's what's happened tonight. They're making big plays down the field once again. Yeah. Jordan Love is starting to cement himself as wow. the starting quarterback. So we'll see where this goes. They just got to run down to the one-yard line, <laughs>
1: and here comes Nostradamus' prediction. So Chris has picked it. You will, you will get to witness us. Yeah, we'll get us, to witness crapping us, on me. or Us realizing right. how right we were or how wrong we were as this podcast goes on. So uh, Chiefs, by the way, in this moment, Pete is uh, giving us real time odds. Yeah. Just a second ago, that yeah. Packers were favorite. Now after that run, after I swear run, to God, boom. I swear boom. to God, That's, yes, that, Chiefs that, are favorite. I sway lines. I sway lines. Oh,
2: this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Wasn't the Chiefs people out there controlling? No, they it. heard it was
1: me. We're piping they were this like, to damn, someone. Sims. Lives. Yeah. He know he's all over the Chiefs. He knows us. All right, so we'll keep our eye on that game. But let's start with the heavyweight clash. It was the 49ers. You see it on your screen if you're watching on YouTube and Peacock beating the Eagles in the rematch of the NFC Championship game. The 49ers had a quarterback, which made this a much better game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this was a, a blowout. It was like Eagles early on right. but settling for field goals. exactly, And then the 49ers taking over from then on out. So I want to to toot our own horn because if we're not going to toot our own horn, who's yeah, going to who's who's toot it? it? No one's right. going to toot it. Yeah. Um Every power ranking out there had Eagles, number one. Yeah. Had Eagles over the 49ers. Right. You don't do power rankings no. yourself, but yeah. if you had done power rankings before this game, you would have had the 49ers as a better team. Yeah, I would have. I would Despite have. the record, 10 and 1, whatever. Right. You don't look at records. You no. look at teams, and you've been saying, if you've been listening to this pod, yeah. you know Chris has been saying that the 49ers are still better than the Eagles, and they showed it in
2: this I, game. I Just my big feeling, and, and yeah, anybody that's listening to know, is just that at their best, the 49ers look like the better football team to me throughout the whole year. I know they had a few you know, injuries, missed some opportunities in the Vikings-Cleveland-Browns game and all that. The Eagles always find a way to win. I have much respect for the Eagles, even though most of the world thinks I'm an Eagles hater, <laughs> right? But there was there was games where we all walked away with the Eagles going, oh, that was underwhelming, or we've seen them play better than that. And, wow, it's amazing they won the game, but it felt like they didn't play very good football or they were outplayed altogether. Uh, this This today – You know, wasn't that, but I think what you said really is the start of the story of unpacking this football game. The Eagles controlled the football game for the whole first quarter, really. Niners defense couldn't get off the field. You know, the uh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts was hit, you know, third and six pass over the middle. A.J. Brown first down. I mean, he was finding ways to get completions on third down, and you just went, wow, you know. And at first I was like, man, and and the Eagles look like they're protecting, and Hurts has all day. I was like, man, I thought this 49ers defense was good, and everybody gets against this Eagles team, and they don't look as good. Right. Uh, but slowly but surely the game changed. And of course, them being held to field goals and not being able to punch it in on those first two drives. We've seen this all year, right? You know, one team dominates, but if you don't like really take advantage of that domination, it's only a matter of time before that other team starts to get momentum and has their chance to dominate. And when that happened, The 49ers took advantage of it, unlike the Eagles. And they said, okay, we're not going down here kicking field goals. We're going to score touchdowns. And it's just the 49ers, when they're healthy, as we've hit on, and then, you know, Shanahan – His magical ways as far as designing plays, protecting plays as you overplay it, whatever else, and then playing other stars off of other stars, that's where they're at their best. And right now they are healthy, and they're a handful, and they're going to be tough to beat as long as they stay on this
1: course that we're watching. First player I want to touch on is my favorite player.
2: I, I, yeah, I think he's number there. one. I think, I think he gonna, might be, he might be say, number one Debo? for me. Debo is yeah, so
1: fun to watch. Right? Jesse M. Reeves says, damn okay, Debo Samuel silencing all the haters in Philly. I love him so much. I'm going to give him the AWS inside the numbers. Yes, this is powered by AWS. Debo Samuel had a day. Four targets. Caught them all. 116 yards. Two touchdowns. Great run after the catch. Here it is if you're watching on YouTube or Peacock. is just like, throw the ball to... Debo and let him, let him take off. Let him do his thing. He's, he's a running back that plays wide
2: receiver, or a wide receiver in a running back's body, yeah. whatever you want to set. The first guy rarely brings him down. And it rarely brings him down in the aspect of, you know, does he fake you out? and make you break your ankles or does he run you over which is like that that's not even a thing for wide receivers you can get run over by a receiver yes Debo Samuel receiver you can but you know the plays you're looking at right here you know one was the the squiggly that goes across the field was a great screen call by Shanahan out to the left he caught it behind the line of scrimmage he had blockers in front of him Eagles were kind of desperate you know the second play or the other long touchdown you see up the middle towards the left hash there right he He's got Kittle and Debo Samuel working the middle of the field. They almost play a little game on the middle linebacker Moro and go, pick your boys in. What all pro do you want to cover, right? He chooses George Kittle, right? You'll see here. And or yeah, it might have been. It might have been. I guess I was wrong there. It might have been. Um, it, it looks like it might have been. What was that? Sherfield or some? I can't remember who. Who no. the hell was number ten on the 49ers there? Uh, yeah, it was Bell. Bell. I think it was Bell. Yeah. Right. So I'm wrong about that. But either way, they put the middle linebacker in a bind. Yeah. Right. You see, he follows Bell down the middle, and now you got Debo Samuel underneath it, and that's where he's special. His acceleration, you know, his ability to break arm tackles, and then like enough long speed to run away from Darius Slay to actually get in the end zone you know so you have you know here's a play that is well designed but the player does more with it right you got the the screen pass we just talked about a well a play that's well designed but the player does more with it and mm-hmm. then where Shanahan is really special the other Debo Samuel touchdown right where they run the ball a few times off the left edge with McCaffrey. Yep. Run the, and they're having a little success, second, third quarter. All of a sudden you're going, man, they got something on this left side, the C-gap type of runs. And he gets a feel for, hey, they've seen it a few times. Let's fake that run. Let me toss it to Debo around the edge, reverse, touchdown, boom. I think they ran that. That was the second time they ran that play all game. But just – magical on how he could play players off of each other and play plays and schemes off of each other. And that's the beauty of the 49ers. And, yeah, yeah. slowly but surely
1: they wore down that Eagles defense. That wide receiver screen, it was awesome because he just was basically – they had all the blockers out there, but he had outrun like three unblocked Eagles, and he did it, and he, and he scores a touchdown there. The one we just showed you, right. the 48-yard touchdown, yeah. he had, according to – Uh, next-gen stats, a 0.1% chance of scoring when he caught that ball. Uh, His expected yak on that play was two. He got 43 yards after the catch. And actually, since he entered the league in 2019... Yeah, is he leading the He has a league-high 909 yards after the catch, over-expected. Well, just like that play there. He's in
2: space, at least, nonetheless. So Shanahan gives them the opportunity to go like, hey, if you can make this one guy miss... You know, we'll see where it goes, right? And then you talk about Brock Purdy, who's got great accuracy. He was on his game today. He throws balls to where receivers don't have to break stride very much, so they get to stay and keep their momentum. And he's awesome because he snatches the ball out of the air. He doesn't catch it. He rips it out of the air so he can run right away and attack you. Uh, Special, special football player that way. And, you know. Listen, we we saw some of these signs. This Eagles defense has been getting up yards and points week after week. You know, they were one of the top five defenses in football like six weeks ago. And every week that goes by they go down about three or four spots to where after this game they're gonna be about middle of the NFL, which is, you know, underwhelming for a team that has more talent than that. You know, we'll see where this goes though, but they gotta they gotta tinker with some things on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Too many easy completions, too many people in space against the Philadelphia Eagles right now. That's a real issue. Now, you know, the 49ers, of course, pose that issue more than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, you know, taking the body blows early on and then turning the game around on its head – and then as the game went on, too, I know we're talking about the offense and all the great things they're doing, but the defense seemed to get a feel for the Eagles' attack, too. And they kind of stymied that group there together until that third quarter drive. And you know their drives and moments of success were few and far between after those first drives of the game.
1: And that was Inside the Numbers powered by AWS. I do want to talk more about the 49ers' defense, maybe yeah. stymieing the, uh, the Eagles' offense there. Uh, but it, it is funny, in a game where, quite literally, Debo Samuel was the MVP for the offense for the 49ers with those three total touchdowns uh i know after this game the chatter is going to be that brock purdy sure. should be right not only in the conversation right. now but maybe top one or two in uh in mvp voting because as we have historically done it and we've talked about this and you don't like this but this is how it's historically been done yeah the the best quarterback is putting up the best numbers on the best team i know it looks like the 49ers might be the best team in the nfc right now right um uh, what do you think about this? I know, I know, he's not your yeah. MVP, but he but, deserves to be. But in the con- con- in the context of how yes. we've historically done this, right? I, I do think part of the fact that he was the last pick of the draft is hurting him in this conversation. If he was a first round draft pick, I don't think he would have any any problem. More hype around. There would it. definitely right. be more hype. Uh, around I would agree
2: him. with you there. I do I um, totally what, agree with you. So, what
1: do you think? I mean. There were 213 yards after catch in this game, so he had he had 100 yards that were on his arm. Right. Um. So that's obviously part of our conversation. But 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 what do you think about the chatter? I I think, think it's
2: it's fair to have him in the conversation. Yeah. Do I look at him as the actual straw that stirs that drink to where I just go? Gosh, it wouldn't work without Brock Purdy. No, of course I don't. But. You know, It also is working to its capacity because of Brock Purdy, too. His ability with Shanahan's confidence in, hey, this guy knows everything I tell him during the week, and he digests it, and he can put it on the football field and execute the offense perfectly, let alone he'll make a few plays every game, off schedule or whatever else, when my plan doesn't work, right? So I think there's some real tangible things to that. You know, do... Do I look at him as the most valuable player on that offense? No. I, I think right now with this year, I think it is Christian McCaffrey is the most valuable player on the offense. But as far as how this conversation goes, yeah, I understand where we're at here. It's the quarterback. He's going to get a lot of it. I do think like, you know, Shanahan last week tried to tell people well, he thinks McCaffrey shouldn't be in the NFL MVP. So the head coach of the team is trying to tell you who he thinks is the guy that is the juggernaut of their football team there. But as we know, the quarterback gets a lot of the credit it's going to be a thing we're going to continue to talk about all year it's a weird year there's nobody that just takes us by the horns and you go oh that's definitely the best quarterback in football and he's killing it and the stats just jump off you off the map right and there's just there's no way you can even argue this we don't have that and I think there's some
1: nuance to this conversation this year we'll see where it goes but Brock Purdy definitely deserves to be in the in the conversation and, he, and the conversation too for the 49ers is that some of the MVP conversation could go to those defensive guys too, because they have had a strong defense for a while, and, and they had some in this game uh, defensive MVPs. Of course, notoriously, it's uh, Nick Bosa. Yeah, uh, Javon Kinlaw had a couple sacks That's in this right. one. You mentioned it a little bit. What what do you think that the the Forty Nineers did that that made it difficult for the Eagles? Part of it could be. The fact that they haven't played in a while, too. Magic School Bus, too, said how much of a factor did the 49ers having more rest than the Eagles play, if any at all? I think the Eagles have played, like, three games in yeah. 13 days. Yeah, and they the have. 49ers is right. the first in 13 days. Right. It's, it's, there's
2: something to that, you know. You know, I think also you take into rest. They lost the NFC Championship game last year. They felt like they were better then. You know, they were a motivated football team. Where I think Nick Sirianni had to, like, kind of work his team up Right. I heard that, you know, last night at the team meeting, he showed all the 49ers clips and things of them kind of talking trash to kind of get them going. Right. But it's usually the team that loses the big matchup that has a little bit more of a personal effect on. Right. Now it's a real rivalry to where it's like, no, we beat you now. Now, You know, it's there's it's it's, that's you. Each team loses once. That's when it starts to get personal and real. But I think the, you know, the, the 49ers, of course, are really well coached on both sides of the football. The 49ers, as we've talked about a lot of the times, right, they're one of the few teams in football that will not be compromised by the Eagles' size to where all of a sudden, oh, no, we have to play a defense we don't want to play because we're going to get overpowered or steamrolled by the Eagles' offensive line. So they have the luxury of going, no, we want to play cover four zone. And we trust that our front six – I'll stop all those runs. We don't need to put an extra safety in or run blitz or do the bare front or whatever else. So therefore, then they go, okay, now Eagles, you can't just run here and now, oh, now it's one-on-one on the outside because you've been gashing us with the run, right? You're going to actually have to take some tactical approach to start to beat us. And that's where the 49ers at least have an advantage compared to some teams when they play the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And I think that's the big thing. and I think that's what you kind of saw as the game went on. There wasn't one... One-on-one opportunities a whole lot with Devonte and AJ Brown, right? The run game wasn't gashing them quite as much, right? They couldn't get into as the game went on third and shorts as much, right? So it became, oh no, now we got to like we got to drop back and throw it on third and seven. And of course, it's a good pass rush and they're well coached in the back end there. And I just think the 49ers are playing better caliber football the last three or four weeks. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and and like I said, the Eagles are really good. I just we've said. I don't think they're as good on either side of the ball as they were last year. And I think the biggest thing, and I'm not saying it can't get to this spire, but with no Gannon and no Shane, uh, um, Shane, Steichen. Shane Steichen, excuse me, it, it, those are big losses. They and they they are really good coaches. And these guys are new and kind of finding their way here,
1: mm-hmm. and I don't expect them to be quite as good as those guys are quite yet. Well, too and if you're trying to replicate what you did last year with a little bit different personnel, which I know they have on the defensive yeah. side, that makes it difficult too. Right. Maybe they need something new. They need a new like a paradigm shift there. Uh, one last thing here. They do. We've been talking about it. Yes. they need a
2: little tactical, yeah. you know, just a little bit of like Hey, hey! We're lining up in this crazy formation. We might drop out, or whatever. But a little bit of a just a shake up to their defense. It won't take much with as much talent as they have. Yeah, they just got to show a little bit more. Let me make the quarterback and the
1: offense think about what we're actually doing. And I think that's what it is more. It's, it's more not just like, can we replicate what these guys did last year? Yeah, I, that's the easy part. Right. It's like, what would they have done with this personnel playing like they are right now? Yeah, that yeah. you don't know. No, yeah, no, Right? Know, and that, right. that's what they've got to they've figure out. Yeah. Uh, one more thing here. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, uh, CD Mike's say? comment to you. Yeah. With the 49ers handily beating the Eagles this afternoon, are they your favorites? To win it all, this is their eighth win this season by double digits, most in the NFL. They lead the NFC West by three games right now, so it seems like they're cruising to a division title. Maybe who knows? Maybe they'll get that top seed. That three-game losing streak did not help. Uh, But what do you think? Are they your favorites to win it all? Not just the NFC. I'm going to put you on the spot right in this moment. I picked them to win it before the year. I was a little nervous when they lost that
2: three-game stretch because it was like shocking. I was going like, "Damn!" The first five weeks they were like impeccable, right? So I was like, oh, no, is this going to be more of what they are? But, uh, no, if I if you made me throw down money right now, I would I would take the 49ers to still win the Super Bowl. I would. You know, I, I think what they're doing, first off, you know, I don't even think their defense has p- played their best ball yet. I think Steve Wilkes is just getting comfortable there on the defensive side of the ball and how they want to run things, and we're seeing what the offense can do. You know, You just look at their ability to score touchdowns on offense, make plays on both sides of the ball, the way they – you know, they overpower teams and dominate them uh, yeah. to such an extent. It's it's really impressive. And, yeah, I just think the 49ers at their best are definitely the best team in football. I
1: lied. One more thing Yeah. on one more thing. Yeah, we, cool. we got to talk about the security guard issue. Right? Yeah. With oh, Ray Greenlaw. Right, it got him rejected. Right. Jam 92 says, damn okay. 49ers out-physicaled. Uh, One of the most physical teams in the NFL. Not even Paul Blart on the sideline could help the Eagles. I guess Paul Blart is a security official. A genius move, by the way, getting Dre Greenlaw ejected. Like a one-for-one trade. Like the Eagles, I guess, had a little shadier security on the sideline from that point forward. <laughs> but the 49ers didn't have one of their best defensive players in Dre Greenlaw. What'd you make of that? Well, first off, you don't even know who Paul Blart is.
2: I don't you know. Wait. No, it's a mall cop. It's a movie. You oh, haven't seen I it. I thought oh, that was the guy's that, name. Right? Ke- yeah. Kevin James. I thought, it's actually a movie, <laughs> I right? I know it, yeah. it went right over you. As you were saying, you were I delivering thought, like, yeah, it's Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought, thought that was the
1: guy's name. That guy Okay.
2: The so the coach, the the security guard, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. Dom DeSandro. Yeah. Oh, you know, him? yeah, he's awesome. He's like He's great way about him. You know, you go to the combine, he kind of sh- you know, really? chauffeurs Sirianni around, right? And he's he's the coach's bodyguard. Wow. He's the guy that, you know, is the coach's assistant. It's like his own personal assistant, right? He's awesome. He is. What he did in the game is wrong in a lot of ways, okay? Leave it to the players to get in fights and get in the other chest's face. You got nothing to do with the game. Just control your sideline. Tell your coach to get off the white. That's all you got to do. So – like he knows he overstepped his boundaries, you know th- that's for sure. But yeah, that that's like a no no in the NFL. If you don't got pads and a helmet on, stay the fuck out of the little physical altercations that go on on the edge of the field or sideline or whatever, because you got no say in it and it ain't fair, right? You know the football players can go, oh, "You said what to me? I'll see you out there on the next play." Mm. You know, Dom. De, you know, Dom Sandro is gonna go push. He first off, he made the first contact with Dre Greenlaw when you watch this. He. He pushed him away, said a bad word to him, whatever, and then Dre Greenlaw kind of put his hand in front of him and gave him like a little bit of a semi jab to yeah, the face point, or I think something. He was just pointing at him. It was. It was yeah. kind of just a swipe at the face, I guess, is yeah. what I would call it. Yeah. Uh, but big no no there. I did not like that from D- Dom Sandro, Great guy. I, like I said, I really like him as a person. He knows he made a mistake there, and you're going to see the NFL send out letters to all 32 teams tomorrow telling. Like people in that situation that you have no business being a part of that, stay out of the way in those situations. I
1: hope the NFL doesn't get too heavy-handed with our guy Dom. No, yeah, I I, I don't think now. so. I don't think so. He's a
2: big part of the Eagles organization. I know he's Sirianni's right man. He'll be okay there. He he knows he committed a, a football no no there. Yeah. And then Dre Greenlaw, of course, in a big game like this, you got to keep your cool too. Sure, right? And, uh, it was a late hit on Devontae Smith. Yeah, he that was suplexed dumb. him. Yeah, that was that dumb. was stupid. Yeah, and then to get up and put your hand in the face of a coach or anybody you know that that's going to be a big no-no with the NFL as well so you know Eagles I mean uh, fortunately
1: the 49ers didn't miss him and, and it all worked out how many chief security officers can you name
2: <laughs> or oh, maybe a few what's what, I don't know if I can name them but yeah. I know a lot of them huh. right I don't know if I can name them. so this is the one you know by name well no I won't even say if I had to pull it out of my butt I wouldn't have been able to but since everybody oh, talked yeah, about okay. him today on TV I was like oh yeah that's right Dom Desandro, right Got I I had to hear it a few times, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I know Dom."
1: Right? I was going to say, "What well, luck!" The one guy you know the name of. That was old backstory. He's yeah, yeah. Paul, it wasn't Paul Blart. No, that's it wasn't Paul Blart. That's what I learned today. Not Paul. Don't call him Paul if I see him.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. (sighs) <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies.
1: Uh, Alright, so that is our a big game to talk about, but... We had a whole bunch of other ones that involve teams that are like wild card hopefuls, and some yeah. of these teams are in the wild card, and some very surprisingly so. Uh, let's start with the Houston Texans, who's who's surprising all of us uh, this year and how they continue to win and continue to beat teams that people think they're not going to be able to beat, and especially the Denver Broncos, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in all of the NFL. They take them down twenty-two to seventeen. Troy Walters asks us, "Damn, okay, Houston Texans, are they really going to stand up?" As a force in the AFC now, I think I think they are. Yeah, I do. You know,
2: certainly the team I know I was most egregiously wrong about in the preseason. Right? You're not alone. You're no. Not alone. I know. I know. I'm not alone. You know. I think you look at them and the Rams. I think they're probably the two biggest surprises in football right now. Yeah. Where they're at, right? You know, but Houston. Uh, I, I think the inter- uh, again. Wh- what do I want to say? C.J. Stroud was phenomenal, right? The big part of the game today was they couldn't get in the end zone, though. They had to settle for field goals a bunch of times. That that Denver defense has become a pain in the ass that way, and that kept Denver in the football game where you know, they weren't doing a whole lot on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they were trying to stay patient with the run, the Denver Broncos. They had a little success there. Pass game was few and far between. I mean, really, it was it – was, a big pass to Judy and a big pass to Cortland Sutton were almost like the whole game as far as the offensive side of the ball. Sutton did drop a deep pass at one point early on in the football game. That would have been big. Yeah. But the Texans are real. Yeah, Russ yeah.
1: had a few key runs in there, too. Definitely did. Had some
2: scrambles and yeah. moving. Yep, definitely yeah. did it that way. You know. But I think the impressive thing was on a day, the Texans didn't run the ball great, right? Uh, still found ways to win, and then the defense made big plays and big moments. I think that's the big thing, where Denver had been taking care of the football and kind of winning these ugly defensive struggle type of games. You know, what has it been, five weeks in a row where we've kind of gone, hey, it wasn't great, but Russell took care of the ball, and in the big moments he made some big plays, and they won the game, right? So that's kind of where it felt like it was about to go again. Uh, But, hey, I mean, Derek Stingley? Both interceptions he made in the football game were cr- crucial, right? One, I believe, set up the a field goal in the third quarter. I think it was a field goal. It gave him the short field. Uh, you know, but a little tip pass by Will Anderson falls into Stingley's hands, and then Stingley's second interception with stealing the seam route when he was the outside corner and undercutting it—that was a phenomenal football play. And then, of course, Jimmy Ward's clutch interception at the end of the football game. Yeah, Denver. Hard hard day for the offense, but the point in your question is the Texans' defense, of course, is a good scheme with D'Amico Ryan, and, and it has the personnel and team speed that is very special. It's one of the faster defenses in football, and not everybody knows how to break down their intricate zone coverages and their rules, and it looked like Denver had a hard time figuring out how to
1: expose it today. I think that's the the more surprising thing. We just showed it, how, how good of a day Stingley has had his third straight game with yeah, the interception right. right now, and Will Anderson had two sacks and four quarterback hits. I, at this point, we all realize how good... CJ Stroud is yes right, and we'll see if he can continue to be as good without Tank Dell. Man, that's a huge bug. Oh, that I hate that. So, Broken Mike Floria said, yeah, fractured yeah. fibula, so he's done for the year. Nico Collins did step up in the game. Also, Brevin it's his Jordan. go-to guy, yeah, yeah, Nico looked awesome, right? And, and Jordan. So, you know, hopefully, the offense can continue to operate without Tank Dell. I'm going to miss him. Um, but but that's I think that's the surprising part is that the Texans have have had some injuries. Now they've had those rookies and second year and yeah. third year guys step up. Yep. But I, that's the like for me. It's like, man, that, I think this defense is almost for real. I, I do, too. I think when you look at the two edge rushers that we've talked
2: about, right, we've waxed poetically about the middle linebackers, you know, me thinking Christian Harris could be Fred Fred Warner, yeah. right? Yeah. Blake Cashman's a good player. Towo Toto, I like him when he's in the game. He runs around. Petrie at safety is a heat-seeking missile, you know. They want to play zone, but because of uh, because of the two corners – they're capable of playing man and really being a pain in the ass in that department with Steven mm-hmm. Nelson and and uh, and and um, our our damn Stingley there, yep. right? So they got that going. They, they got everything you want at all three levels. The only thing that worries me about the Texans is one thing: they're a team that's smaller and based on speed, and there can be moments like we saw today where teams can just run the ball up the middle on them a little bit mm-hmm. and push them around, but. You know, again, I think that's going to take a pretty special line and attack to do that. Houston, it's a complete football team. It really is. And the combination of Stroud to Nico Collins is incredible. Nico better – Speed that I ever thought he was going to have coming out of Michigan because he can truly beat you deep over the top, and then he's really got a physical element about him where he can catch the ball over the middle, break tackles, do all that. You talked about Brevin Jordan; he's a handful too, very talented. Uh, we'll see though, but they're going to need somebody else now yeah. at the receiver position to jump up. And I don't know, Michi,
1: Mechie is yeah. Mechie
2: is you know okay, so. but he's not as uh, he's just not as explosive as Tank Dell, and they're going to miss that Tank Dell uh, element I in their know. offense after this. Injury. Noah Brown, is that
1: another guy? Yeah, Noah there? Brown
2: definitely could be a guy that could do a little bit of that for them, too.
1: Uh, yeah, they had to settle for some field goals, did the Houston Texans offense, but zero uh, giveaways. Denver had zero takeaways in this game. They had 16 takeaways during their five-game winning streak, and so that was big part of their, their winning ways. They play a mature and,
2: brand of football uh, exactly, for a young right? team. That's what's, that's what's incredible. beyond their years. Definitely.
1: And now they're 7-5 and five and right in the thick of things. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are right in the thick of things, if I can say that out. Uh, again, one more time, get a second chance at that. <laughs> they beat the Titans 31 to 28 in overtime. This was a, this was a fun game. It Gardner Minshew's going crazy; yeah. his hair's flopping all around. He's dancing in the locker room afterwards. Uh, for the Colts, it was their longest win streak. They have won four in a row since 2018. Um, so I, you, you mentioned that the the Houston Texans were maybe the biggest surprise outside of the Los Angeles Rams. I really think you can throw in the Indianapolis Colts here because. I think if, if you would have asked people how do they, you know, yeah. take the next step this year, it's like, right. well, Anthony Richardson, you know, figures it out sooner rather than later, and they ride him to the playoffs. Yeah. He's not there. No. And they're still, you know, with good enough defense. Very much relevant here. And enough plays very yeah. much relevant. Yeah,
2: they, they are. You know, and, and this was a different way they won today than what we've seen, I think, in other games, right? I think the thing I'd look at is, you know, you've heard me praising their fronts on both sides of the ball. Right. This game started out with like Derrick Henry and the and the Titans moving the ball and I'm going, damn, this didn't look like the the Colts defensive line that I've been, you know, waxing poetically about the last few weeks, right? You know, the, the Colts, their secondary concerns me and you saw Will Levis make some big passes down the field today, Hopkins being his main culprit there. Uh, but but yeah, it was a game that I don't really was played more on a Tennessee Titans type of terms or way than the Colts, but the Colts still found a way to win it. You know, I didn't think the Colts would be able to win the game if if they couldn't run the ball at a consistent basis. They ran the ball patiently, but had no success. They were dominated in the run game really throughout the day. It was a game. Gardner Minshew came through today. It was big. You know, the Titans did a great job. I mean, jump out to 17-7 lead. Right? Colts had a hard time scoring touchdowns. They were moving the ball between the 30s and 20s, and they'd get down there though, and they could not punch it in. Right. Really? Ultimately, though, the big plays of the day were with Minshew. The big passes to Michael Pittman Jr. or Alec Pierce yep. were the, really the big things that got them over the top, let alone, come on, two block punts That's in a row? You Same. don't
1: ever see that. That was pretty crazy. Sammy Lambert says, damn okay, Brian Mason, the Colts special teams coordinator. Yeah, although I guess the second one wasn't technically a block. I mean, it was such a such a block
2: that it was yeah. not a block. Yeah, the guy didn't get a chance to punt the ball. They I got guess.
1: in so easily, right? And Stonehouse but, got hurt on one of those, right? Is that? I um, I believe so. I think it was one, on probably. the second one. Uh, yeah, I think it was the second, the second one. one. It was. Yeah. It was. And that's where then the Nick Folk had a – you know,
2: have Ryan Tannehill kick uh, hold the hold the extra points. Which is for why him. we were in overtime, yes, right? That mixed exactly. extra
1: point was actually that very big huge moment. Yes. Um uh M. Craig twenty three says Shane Steichen coach of the year favorite question mark. He's doing this with Gardner Minshew. Now we will not stand for that Gardner Minshew standard. <laughs> we've we've been uh saying that Gardner Minshew. You can win with Gardner Minshew and the Colts are proving that right now. Um but yeah, I mean you've been you've been saying this from the get go. You think Shane Steichen has like jumped into this head coach role and embraced it and is one of the the sharper ones out there. A hundred percent. I mean, one, he's showing he can be a head
2: coach and he knows how to manage a whole game. Two, he's definitely one of the best offensive play callers, game game plan designers in in all of football. I every every time I watch I don't I haven't watched them on film all year, but I've watched probably every game in some sort of fashion or way. When I turn on the film, I'm always like, Oh, that was a creative way to do something. Ooh, that was a cool way they ran that play mm-hmm. right there. Ooh, they've run that play a few times and they're overplaying that. Oh, now he's got this play off of it, right? He's got all the things we talk about, you know, for everything. There's a zig for a zag, you know, there's there's checks and balances for everything he does, let alone he's not afraid to try some creative plays or some trick plays, too. Uh, but I love what they did today. I mean, again, it wasn't easy, and it was a game where, you know, there was times where you felt like, damn, the Titans got momentum in this football game. They feel like they're kind of controlling it. They hung in there. They kind of take the lead, take the game back, right? And then all of a sudden you're going, damn, it feels like at the end of the fourth quarter and early overtime, it felt like the Titans were controlling the football game and the fact that the defense got a hold made the Titans kick the field goal in overtime and then gave Minshew the chance to throw the big pass to Alec Pierce down the sideline and then the game-winning touchdown to uh, Michael Pittman Jr., big-time performance by the Colts on the road because it was a – hey, the Titans ran the ball. They They controlled the clock, right? Levis made some big pass plays. Again, he made some plays in this game. I know he threw for below 50%, but there was four or five throws in the game where I was like, holy shit, what a throw. Right, so there's some positive things about the Titans, but yeah, this ain't their year. They ain't going to the playoffs.
1: Colts very much alive. Yeah, eight or more losses in consecutive seasons for the Titans for the first time since 2014, 2015. But maybe they have their quarterback, and so if you, I, if I you maybe a lot have of that. that definitely, then, then you got some good things going into uh, the future here. Yeah, the Colts. We'll see. They got to be
2: able to run the ball. They can't depend on Gardner Minshew all the time, make, you know doing what he did today. Yeah, right. That's not a recipe for success. That was surprising. I do worry, as you heard me say, I worry about the Colts. Secondary and this game here today, they got gashed in everything, right? But I have a feeling this will be one where I go back and watch it and see the Colts were overplaying the run to such a degree, right? That that led to some, you know, favorable looks for Levis and DeAndre Hopkins down the field to make some big pass plays.
1: Titans are not going to make the playoffs this year. Colts currently the seventh seed in the AFC at seven and five in the NFC. You know who the seventh what, seed just is, just real quick oh, 24 19 right now.
2: Packers went down and kicked the field goal. Yeah. Chiefs are going to get the ball. Six minutes left. What was your final score
1: prediction? 26-24. So we'll see where this goes. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we're keeping one eye on uh, Sunday Night Football. Another eye on, and you just ruined it. It was a great transition. It was a seven seed in the AFC to the seven seed in the NFC. That's the Rams. I'm not even going to play it up anymore here. Uh, here's the playoff picture. Uh, the Rams are 6-6 six and six right now. They get a win over the Browns. The Joe Flacco led Bounds. But I tell you what, he can throw it he definitely can throw the ball definitely <laughs> yeah, right one of the, one really like he'll never
2: get the credit for how good he was in his prime people just don't get that he was he's a huge guy that moves well and can throw the 102 mile per hour, per, 102 mile per hour fastball yeah. and he doesn't even look like he's trying right so that's where the tv didn't do it justice if you saw him in person you saw him in person you'd go holy shit that's Joe Flacco, and damn, he throws the ball like that, right? That's why you hear Amari Cooper during the week. It's like a symphony, he said, or something when you watch <laughs> Joe Flacco throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's his technique and everything is perfect. He did a great job as far as the circumstances, right? I mean, he have not played football. We're in December, and he came down and – you know, not didn't didn't you know put on a good showing and kept them in it and they didn't run the ball like the way they want to run the ball. You know, they had to de- depend on his right arm a little bit. The game was closer than the
1: 36-19 final score. I think that's what everybody should know right off the bat. It was going to be tied. They missed an extra point. Exactly. Would have made it right. twenty to twenty. Right. Uh, yeah, he threw it forty-four times to Joe Flacco uh, for two hundred and fifty-four yards. But the story is, in the end of the day. The Rams improving to six and six. Jacob Demian says, "Damn okay, Sean McVay. The Rams seemed left for dead at three and six, but now appear to be a favorite to make a wild card. This is their longest win streak since they won the Super Bowl. They're it, rolling. They're they're they are rolling. They're
2: scrappy, right? They're well coached on both sides of the ball. The defense is creative and they fly around. Uh, I think that's that's what you look at first, right? So they do stuff like that and." You know they don't give you anything easy on the on as far as your offense versus their defense, and nothing comes easy for that for them or, 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 or against them, I should say. And then you know the play. Of their O line and the fact that they've progressively got better at pass protecting as the year went on. We're not remember early in the year we were like, Man, Stafford is like human abuse. Like yeah. he he he's getting killed out here. He's right? health
1: he's healthy now, but he won't be for long. Well uh, we'll see. I mean he's that's, that's, we exactly. that's
2: what we were right. saying You're back then. That's what right. we were saying back then. You're right. And they're running the ball with Kyron Williams now, right? And then, you know, with Puka and, playing the way he did and Cooper cup who I know is not totally healthy but you know hopefully he will be here in the next few weeks oh they're they're gonna be a handful they have the right attack every week that's the thing that I come to, comes down to to me and they knew you know, just, hey, Cleveland's playing this defense. Okay, we'll throw it short and be smart here. Oh, they're getting aggressive. Let's take a shot down here in the middle of the field. And I think Matthew Stafford is playing phenomenal football right now. Good team win by the Rams. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't expect them to be a team that makes a run in the NFC playoffs, but one of those teams that if you got to play them in round one, you go, damn, Sean McVay and Matthew yeah. Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald coming to town. Yeah, that won't be easy. No one's
1: going to like that. Yeah, Puka Nakua now has over one thousand receiving yards. I can't this get over year. here. It's just twelve career games. He is the sixth player since the merger with over a thousand yards in twelve career games. And the other five are all Hall of Famers. I just made that up. <laughs> I don't know that to be true, Pete. Maybe we can check that, but uh that's pretty good. That's a pretty good start to the career for uh for Puka Nakua and the Rams we'll, we'll fact check that as we as we go the on here. speed of
2: Nakua is the thing that I am amazed by that's what I did not see at BYU but you see like the 70 yard touchdown catch he has today catches it over the middle and runs through the defense and I'm just like I, I, I never saw that guy explode like that at BYU and here he is doing it every other week right now uh yeah the Rams again I think it's the offensive attack and what you know, McVay is doing right now, when he has a little run game, he can kind of, like we talk about with Shanahan, tie it all together and really be a, a pain in the butt as far as,
1: you know, trying to defend their offense. Rams are rolling. The Steelers, they would always just keep winning games, even though they were getting out gained. This one had a couple of weather delays, and uh, in the end, this was not one to write home about. I think Mike Tomlin said at the end of the game, too, it was uh, like JV football, football. out yeah. there, yeah. Uh, which the Cardinals played varsity football. They beat... The Steelers in their own place. Twenty-four to ten was the final score. Uh, Arizona had not won on the road in a long time. It snapped a nine-game road losing streak for them. Um, Kyler Murray was out there making just enough plays, but I think in in the end, I mean, one forty-five. That's all he threw for. It's just it's just a bad offensive showing. Um, uh, first thing is.
2: Know. I'll say this:
1: the weather did no Struggling. favors
2: to the Steelers. Sure, the Steelers are a team that want to play four quarters and beat the shit out of you and hope you wear you down, right? When you get three half times, it's hard to do that, yeah. right? I mean, they went break, halftime, another long break. I mean, there was there was two different rain delays, right? One of them was an hour long. That doesn't play for the Steelers. The Steelers want you to go out there and they want to out hit you for four quarters. That's mm-hmm. what they do, right? You know the game started off looking like it was Steeler type of football. They came out, what like we saw with the, the the Cincinnati Bengals game, aggressive down the field. We saw a few shots. You went, oh okay, this is this is going to be them now. They're going to start attacking down the field, right? So it looks all good. The, the Cardinals get an ugly, gritty field goal drive that you went, man, that was a lot of work just to make it three three. Can they really do anything? Then the, this is the, this is the end of the game, or this is the game changing moment. Is the Steelers drive down and put together a good drive, and you're going, damn, you know they've they've found something here. They're they're different offense. End of the first half, and they get stopped on fourth and one. Yes, you know they get inside goal to go situation. Don't come up with any points, and then the shocker of shockers, the Cardinals going a 99 yard drive against the Steeler defense that we know has been playing damn good football lately, and go up ten to three at the half. Right? That was the shocking you know, moment of the football game. And then, of course, we have the, the, you know, the halftime and the delay, and I don't know how much time went by. But then the Steelers come back out, and Trubisky's in shotgun, and the ball gets skipped back to him on a shotgun snap, and it's a fumble, and the Cardinals pick it up. And it's a short field. They score a touchdown at 17-3,
1: to and it's almost that's all she wrote for the day after that. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. In the early parts of the game, I'm like, man, the, the, Steelers, the Steelers are running were, the ball really exactly well. I mean, right. they ended up running for 130 yards on the game, averaging over four yards per carry. Uh, they just couldn't cash in, and the most egregious one was at, at the end of the first half when they didn't get in, and then you're right. The Cardinals go down the field, score that touchdown. Uh, James Conner gets some revenge in his revenge game, 105 yards uh, on the ground for the Cardinals. So just three wins on the year. Uh, but uh, one was against a team that's trying to make the playoffs. I just don't have faith that the, the Steelers can rack up enough wins. I, I'm, I'm
2: with you there. I mean, again, it's the same thing we talked about. Too talk. many they, teams below them they, playing good football? Yeah. Can they win just playing below average offense and out hitting you and relying on, you know, the timing turnover and getting into the playoffs that way? I, I want to say no. And now, of course, we have Kenny Pickett, who's got a lower leg injury, yeah. and we don't know where that's going to go. So that certainly complicates the issue for them a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I don't want to say I'm counting them out of it. But, yeah, I, I, I you know, it's, it's going to be hard
1: for them. It Patriots, is. Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens, to finish it out. Patriots, Colts, Bengals. Who would you say after that?
2: Seahawks. Seahawks. At
1: Seahawks. Right. At Ravens. Well, that's
2: going to get tough there at the end. So that that'll be interesting there. You know, the Patriots sure, they got that. But the other ones, they're all toss ups.
1: Yeah, if they, not,
2: they'll be underdogs. in Some
1: of them. They're a playoff team right now. They're the five seed, but we'll see uh, if that can last. Mike Tomlin has pulled off crazier things in his tenure, yes, so he we'll has. have to uh, keep an eye on that. The Buccaneers, they beat the Panthers twenty one eighteen was the final score in this one the Buccaneers trailer the Falcons by just one game in the NFC South, yet to get to that one. The NFC South will be won by some team, and I don't know that they even need to win that's another That's a good game. proclamation by you. It'll <laughs> be won by some team. That I, that, We're going to put that, that on your gravestone. <laughs> he, Ahmed Farid yeah. called
2: that the NFC South will be won by one team. Maybe it won't <laughs> always be the case.
1: Maybe at some point they'll say, this division is so bad that no team will win this division and you, are, you, know, they, you don't make the playoffs. Uh, but that's not the case this year. Uh, the Buccaneers get a win over the Panthers 21 eighteen was the final score. I will say this, and maybe this is the positive for them, is that that Mike Evans looks like the old Mike Evans this year, and he has for most of this season. He is the second player in NFL history with 1,000 or more yards in 10 straight seasons, joining Jerry Rice. uh, Bucks 3,000 says Mike Evans on pace for his best year ever. That that's pretty cool. I, I like to see that because oftentimes we we see the gradual decline of some yeah. of these players. Right. and You know, Julio Jones. I feel like it happened to. or it's sure. just like He's never going to be the guy yeah. he was. And I right. kind of thought maybe we would get to that point you now with Mike it was Evans. Going that way with right? Mike Evans, it did. It that's, did. That's maybe the coolest thing about this season for the Buccaneers is that that he is back. He he is. You take into last year,
2: it wasn't his best year. You know, early this year, it certainly wasn't. You know, exploding onto the scene. You could still see. He could still run, and. He is six, over 6'5", Mike Evans, so he's much bigger than people realize, too. But, like, it's almost a tale of two teams. It's, that's the difference in the game right there. You know, one team, if they ever want to score points, it has to be, like, a 15-play drive. And then here's another team that's like, yeah, we, we can go on a long drive, too, but, you know, we can make it simple on ourselves every now and then. And I could just... Throw a seventy-five yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans, or we can rip off a big chunk of yard yards on a on a certain drive. And I think you know that's the difference between the Bucks. It, it wasn't a dominant affair by any stretch of the imagination. You know, Bryce Young had some really good moments playing. I mean, he did some good things, and then you know, even uh, they ran the ball with Chuba Hubbard. Right. There's parts of the game where you're going, damn, are they going to get the little, you know, Frank Reich? We fired him. New coach energy boost here of the football game. But I think the the big play of the game is what you let off this conversation with is that, you know, it was 10-7 Carolina. And you felt like, man, Carolina's given them problems. They hit a big pass to Mike Evans. Bucks go up uh, 14-10. And the game was never
1: really the same after that. They kind of controlled it from there on out uh carolina has been eliminated from playoff contention oh frank reich was not the problem they were a playoff team with him at least they weren't eliminated yet <laughs> uh, it's your second losing streak of five or more games this season yeah chris Tabor, the guy who has taken over on an interim basis get this stat this is crazy he is the sixth straight panthers head coach to lose his debut gosh that's not that yeah ain't that's not the, that's the not best resume want. there um, um, but Requiem for a team is coming. It's coming Wednesday. back. Our first
0: Pete elimination. Yeah, I so,
2: got so much to work with with them, too. That's oh, yeah. There are so many little things you
1: could hit on with them, isn't my, there? i go with a rare two versus uh, <laughs> with that one. Um, so um, so Buccaneers are still in it in the NFC South, a division that will be won. By, by one, one, team. one team. It will be well, won it, by one
2: team. It, my thought on the NFC South overall is just that the Falcons are the best team, but they have a big question mark at the biggest position. Right, I think the Bucks might be the team I have the second most faith in there, um, but I worry about their D. They have a quarterback, so I like that certainly. All right, but but yeah, there's some things about them that I don't know if I necessarily feel all that comfortable with as yeah. well. All right, I mean, I think the shocking thing with the Buccaneers is that their defense continues to get shredded most weeks you know it wasn't today because we know carolina has a hard time shredding anybody uh but that's going to be the thing watching you know through and through here but i think as far as the team is concerned i'm still going to go with the falcons yeah. but the saints and bucks are going to have something to say about that we'll get to the
1: falcons here in just a second but that does close the chapter on the wild card hopefuls as we take a look at the game patrick mahomes is trying to screw you oh he's trying to screw he threw you.
2: an interception Right? They had a little yeah. slot wheel route. This guy uh, Nixon. I want to say I think I said his first name wrong. I kind of but, yeah, butchered Kishon? that a little bit. No. Yeah, I know. I think it's they say oh, Yeah, I feel like it is, but no, I could Jack, be wrong. Yeah. He made a nice little interception, and now they're going on a slow drive here. They gave a reverse, reverse to Christian Watson, and he pulled up with a bad hamstring. So that's things for Green Bay going forward because he is their best big play weapon here. But we're at three minutes, eight seconds. It's 24 19 Green Bay. Yeah, my prediction of 26 24 is not going to happen now because Green Bay's in field goal territory. It should go 27 19 at least here.
1: And then the Chiefs will have to go down and score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They're in trouble. You still have a chance to be right on who wins this game, but the final score is looking oh, less and less. Wrong. To us, at least. You guys already know listening at
0: home. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
1: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage.
0: World Go for the United States. Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris. Anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. (laughs) Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
1: Uh, so let's move on as we keep an eye on that game to Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Hyundai. Uh, as you know, we go into the printing press late on a Sunday. We've got to get this paper out. It's raining out there. We've got to put the paper in uh, in uh, the bag because it's raining. It's been raining all day here. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. So we, got, we really have to get this paper made. Uh, two games to talk about here. We'll start with my Detroit Lions. They bounced back from the embarrassment on uh, – Thanksgiving against the Green Bay Packers to, to beat the Saints, although it got closer than it, it should have got, gotten. It got very close. 21 0 right away, and then uh, it ended twenty 33 uh, 28. Your headline for this game is Open La Porta. <laughs> <laughs> Open La
2: Porta. Open the door to the keys to your success. And that goes to Sam La Porta. It's a him. play on words. They're tight end there. He is. You don't see rookie tight ends come in and tear up the league like we're seeing that, not too often. It's a very hard position for college football players to make the transition. You know, there's all these run game rules, right? So you got to be able to block in the run game, let alone there's like... Fifty different calls that they probably didn't have in college, right?
1: The pass I mean, game, and it was Iowa too. So you know they didn't. Well, although, that's although, what I was to
2: say. In the run game, they probably did, that and that's, that's why true. he's probably prepared say, for it, that's right? I, that's tight end you know? university. And it is the little. one thing they can produce. So there. They're kind of that's about no one of the point. few things yeah. they are good at, right? Yeah. Right. So he was used to an NFL style of football, but still, regardless, it is pretty amazing the transition he made. You know, again, I don't care, Big Ten college football, whatever. It ain't the vast variety of defenses. and and players you got covering you all the time, but he's just a perfect. This is why he was a great second round pick because he's perfect for what they needed as a football team, right? You know, I think they came out with let's. Not come out pass happy and, you know, Jared Goff's got a turnover issue. Let's try to ease our whole team into the game. Ran the ball well, which of course then just opens play action pass and opens the door there to where everything starts to roll and get going in the right direction. And, you know, really came out hot as a football team kind of dominating on both sides of the field right uh and then yeah as the game went on it got a little dicey um and and
1: and you know of course you guys were at least able to battle back and and control the football game yeah we got we got fortunate a little bit at the end of the game with uh the fumbled snap where the guard was pulling and hit the ball out of Derek Carr's hands. that was that was the moment you kind of felt it was what
2: 27 21 you felt like you know, this, this, the Saints had kind of the momentum of the football game. Your defense was reeling, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. He goes on a – he looks like he's going to toss, sweep it to the right. And as he's pulling out, the left guard who's pulling hits the football and gives you guys the short field. And, you know, that was, of course, a big moment. The short field, Brian Brant's earned interception early yeah. on in the football game. Derek Carr had somebody open down the field and for some reason threw the underneath route right? Derek Carr's not playing very good football right now. He didn't play bad in this football game, right? And I know he got hurt, but uh, there's just been too many moments of him this year being all over the place, bad decisions, what we saw in the Falcons game last week, you know,
1: some interceptions and some big moments and all that, kind of disappointing for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Back over to my Detroit Lions. I'm not done uh, basking in the glow of this victory. Uh, Jared Goff, no turnovers in this game after having six in the previous two games, and so maybe he he is back on track and Another weapon on the offensive side of the ball is Jamison Williams, PFT Ghost. As you take a look there, Jared Goff and what he did today with those two touchdowns as opposed to not turning the ball over and not taking sacks today, too, which was another big thing. Uh, But PFT Ghost wants to give a shout-out to Jamison Williams. He goes, Lions go as far as they are willing to trust Jamison Williams. Sims knows ball, so you have been the one. Saying just wait for Jamison and I've been the one here, Lions fan saying I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm still, and I'll be quite honest with you. Like obviously that reverse was awesome. Yeah, there was no one around yeah. him on that play. That was great by, uh, by my guy Ben Johnson. Um, he did just catch one ball in this game. They are getting him the ball at certain. They times. need to get him more. I don't think he'll ever be like you look over on the other sideline, Chris Olave. Yeah, right. I don't think he's going to be that. And, yeah, and you do want that if you're going to trade up for a guy and get him in the first round like that. I don't know that he will be that kind, but yeah. he certainly is a weapon that can be used. I don't know if he'll be as well-rounded as
2: Olave, where he's gonna, where he can surpass him. Though yeah. is he's bigger and has more big-play ability. So Olave might be more well-rounded as a route runner and do that. To where he might not be that, but do I think Jamison Crowder is going to be capable? I mean, Jamison Crowder, Williams. excuse me, Jameson yeah. Williams. He's going to be capable of a guy that you know you're going to have some games in his career, and you're going to go, damn. I mean, he was, it was four for 160 today, or it was six for 180, right? That's what he's going to be. He's not going to be the guy that you're going to go, man, he diced him up for 10-yard pass here, 12-yard pass here, 8-yard pass here. No, what you want him more is – He's, he's a weapon. Deshaun Jackson. You got to be, it's Tyreek, it's Debo Samuel. Just get him the fucking ball in space and go-go gadget rockets up his ass and he's going to run by everybody. His speed jumps off the screen. Like today when he got the reverse, everybody in our viewing room went, whoa, right? Because like other than Tyreek Hill, when he has the ball in his hands, I would argue it looks about as fast as anybody in football when he opens up. They got to get him the ball more. They definitely do. The same things we talked about with the Lions started to be a problem in this game is when, they were get, when the Saints were coming back, right? You're, I was worried about the Saints picking apart their zone defense. That's what they started to do. I worried about, oh, are you guys going to be able to separate against some teams that can play man-to-man? As the game went on, New Orleans got comfortable with, hey, they're attacking, and they were playing man-to-man and locking some of your guys down, right? That's what made it dicey for a little bit. But either way, you guys got through, came through with the win, and that's where you're going to need
1: Jameson Williams when it's all said and done. New Orleans on a three-game losing streak now. Hillfully says the city of New Orleans is beyond finish with Derek Carr. Damn okay. Uh, he did leave the game with a combination of injuries. It looked like it was like shoulder, elbow, back. Yes, he got crushed. Possible concussion, He took too. two big hits back-to-back plays. He got smashed
2: to the ground by... I think I want to say it was was it Bruce Irvin was the one yeah. that did that, and he got hit like on a play before that too, right? Where it was a it was a tough shot. Now listen, he's he's taking some shots this year, but no, I think it's the you know the missed opportunities downfield, the conservative decisions sometimes when you go, hey, people are open, what are we throwing the ball five yards underneath for, you know, and then some of the bad turnovers and big moments right and you saw that again a little today here the interception they were backed up early on in the football game it's like hey the Lions just went down the score and sliced through the you know the Saints defense like butter and here we are we're gonna give them the ball back and go hey here's the ball at the 17-yard line after an interception and then of course the fumble you talk about of the stat mm-hmm. so he's saving some of his worst for the worst moments uh, possible
1: but they are still just one game back yeah, they are. in the NFC South in a division where one team will win the division Uh, our other game that we got to get a headline to is the dolphins absolutely dismantling the washington commanders 45 to 15 your headline on this one is mvp 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 jimmy cox is with you he says this has to be the year for a non-quarterback to be named mvp right you've been saying it all along i'm just a little of like Again, I'm sick of the quarterback on the best
2: team against the MVP. Like, that's not what a fucking MVP is, okay? All right? So that, that's the first thing I'm sick of. The second thing of I go by what we do for our job. We talk about football. And almost every Sunday or Monday the whole year, it's been like Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. Oh, my gosh, did you see Tyreek Hill in that game? Did you see Tyreek Hill? Did you see the highlights? Did you see Tyreek Hill? Did you see the Dolphins? Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. There's nobody we talk about more. Right. It's almost back to like the Michael Parsons thing from two years ago where I'm going to go. All we talked about was Michael Parsons every week and how amazing he was. And he didn't win the MVP. Right. And and that was OK because CJ Watt did a big thing that year. But we're, we're we're defensive player of the year. Yes. Excuse me. Thank you, Pete, for for helping me. But that's that to me is like. You know, the big thing right now. And two is playing great. I get that. But what we're seeing from Tyree Kill, he's the the biggest game changer we've seen in the sport since Randy Moss or Terrell Owens at wide receiver. It's literally the same way where you just go, It's they're man to man? We're throwing to him. Forget the play. I don't what was the play? It's throw to number ten, right? And that's what you saw today. Again, it's just First off, did Washington know who they were playing today? That's the first thing I want to say. Like, what were they thinking? I mean, that was full Tropic Thunder performance by them on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. How many times are you going to leave the guy that we've seen the whole year beat everybody in man-to-man, we're going to leave him man-to-man? He won't do it against us. <laughs> okay. They're a, bro- they're a broken team they are on, de- broken. on defense. They uh, are Especially broken. on
1: defense. I mean, I think you trade away your two best edge rushers, that's going to eventually happen, I feel like. It's yeah. It's like you gave up on us. It almost feels like they've given up on, on the season, but... Um, Tyreek Hill now has uh, 1,481 receiving yards this season. That is the most in the Super Bowl era through 12 games of the season. And get this, too. He's the first Dolphin with two touchdown receptions of 60 or more yards in a game. Since Paul Warfield in wow. 1971, I was watching the game. You too. were watching? It? I go, I go, man, that guy looks yeah, like they, Paul, Paul Warfield. Warfield. You know what there. number Paul Walford Warfield wore? I would guess like 88. No, nope,
2: nope, something like nope. that. No, cut it in half. Cut it in half. 44, 42. No way. He wore 42. Yeah. They allowed that I, back they, then. They did. He was like a, I think, a, one of those guys that was like a running back a little at first, so he got to skirt oh. through the rule a little bit. They didn't like. I bet yeah. they didn't like that. But Paul, Paul Warfield number two. Yeah, that's right. They go, if you do 42, this again, you're Tuesday. changing it to 84. We're not going. We're not allowed. This hey, and, and the Dolphins and what they do. Of course, we've said this the last few weeks. The defense continues to get better, right? And the, you said it, too. There's, hey, Washington, I know they're a, they're a beaten puppy to a degree. But the Dolphins' defense is getting better. Van Ginkle with the big plays oh, today. right? No
1: name strikes more fear into the name of offenses than Van Ginkle. Ginkle. But
2: he should. He, he Well, he's a really good football player. He's not Jalen Phillips Phil- off the edge, but he's yeah. a really good football player. You know, having A-Chan back is a big deal. And, you know, the Dolphins, they just got so many ways to attack you. They really do. And, and of course, you got to worry about their weapons, and they get you going sideline to sidelines, and it's toss, sweep, and it's reverse, and it's screened to the receiver, and it's slant outside of the receiver, and you're all worried about attacking that way, and all of a sudden they start going deep, and you go, whoa, whoa, holy shit. Well, there's only so many things we can defend here. Right, and uh, that 's where they 're amazing, and, like I said, it 's just more weeks than not we 're sitting here talking about the best offensive player we saw all day is yeah. the guy wearing number ten in Miami, and that continued again today i 'm with you yeah i 'm with you. tightly yeah. kill let 's break this trend it 's stupid it 's stupid, and it 's not to be negative against any of the other quarterbacks it 's about what we 're all witnessing, and we 're watching somebody be special and truly be the MVP of their football team there 's nobody more valuable to that team in all of football than Tyreek Hill is for the Miami Dolphins. So who's got the most receive? What's the most receiving yards in a season? Who's got that right it, now? It's, uh, it's Calvin Johnson with the 1976 or some. So he's on pace. There it is. There. Oh, it was on
1: our graphic that we've yeah. shown now a couple times. Yeah. Thanks for that. 1964. I- there you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, didn't get 2,000, so Tyreek is on pace for over 2,000. If he gets that, he's the MVP. I, I would think so. You don't even have to, like, argue I- with people. I would think
2: so. And, again, it's not like – it's more than just like, hey, I'm Calvin Johnson. I run really fast and I'm bigger than everybody. Just throw it up to me. Yeah. I mean, we're watching some games and weeks where you go, I, I, did, he, he caught four balls behind the line of scrimmage and had 100 yards receiving, right? I mean, that's what's just remarkable about the whole thing.
1: And that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. Uh, do you just, want a Chiefs check-in? We do, we do have to. Well, it's I, I 27-19. Almost like, I almost feel like we have to take this from now into the end. So what What happened there? I saw Mahomes get hit on the uh, sideline. They called it a late hit, although the, the slow-motion replay showed that Patrick Mahomes' feet were still in bounds when that hit was made. Definitely. Bad call. Definitely. And then it fell. Nothing the quarterback. Nothing the quarterback, as
2: usual. Mahomes is close to the sideline. and They're like, damn, he's the face of our league. You hit him too hard, and they call the penalty. Then they threw a pass to Rasheed Rice, and he made a great – got up field, broke some tackles, and ended up getting the first down. And they thought he fumbled. They let the play go. Green Bay returned it, but his butt was on the ground. Hmm. So, therefore, he got the first down. But I think they called a penalty also maybe on Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> For an illegal block, I think is what we're calling. Yep. See, there's a personal foul. He got called for a crackback block, which was this was a makeup call for the Mahomes. Lead. And now
1: Andy Reid sent him home or something like that.
2: Well, uh, so this must be after he got ejected. He but got, I guess oh, it's this were, stuff here that got him oh, ejected. Oh he, he, well, he, he just threw, threw a, a left punch. hook. He yeah. threw a
1: punch. That was stupid. Nope. So that wow. pushes him back. So that now. pushed they them. They lost 15 yards. They had a nice oh, little gain. No. There's
2: 40 seconds left. They're at midfield. They've Got no timeouts. First
1: and 10. And the Chiefs doing you know some chief stuff. Andy Reid was just shown on TV, and he is frozen. He actually <laughs> might literally be frozen. Although I don't think it's that cold. Although it's you th- can't see I, the it's breath. below thirty right now. There, I know right, that. Let's just see a play here. I, I think this could be something magical. Mahomes they're back. they are gonna to have pass. to push it. Going deep down going the middle deep. of the field, he's got an open receiver. Oh, they're gonna call PR. MVS. Oh Whoa. my gosh, he was all over his back. He was. He got. They're it. not gonna call that. Wow, that's pretty shocking. How actually.
2: did they? Maybe they just figured
1: they go. He's not gonna catch it anyway. Wow, that's crazy. Andy Reid's not going to like that. He's he's unfrozen. Uh, we're well, this is what we. This is
2: what's frustrating about football. It's a post route. What? Uh, Mahomes doesn't throw it Wait, well, far how enough. How is that not? He gets inter- his neck ring, but well, this is the end of the game. Now that they don't. No they s- don't call pass no, interference.
1: that makes no. That is one of the worst non-called pass interferences I think I have ever seen. It's egregious. It's egregious. That was so. He's climbing on his. Be- He's. He has his
2: left arm That's wrapped insane. around his neck at one point, and how then they- gets it off and climbs all over. How his back. would they not call that? I don't know. I know. It's pretty crazy. Oh this is what, this goes back into what we talked about a lot last year. Is that you know the game is it's a pass interference, not even a thought all game long, and all of a sudden two minutes you're allowed to you know commit manslaughter and nobody calls it. I mean that Oh, you can't do this. And now
1: they've gone down the middle of the field. They went second that's and be ten, about checked out. Clyde edwards he got eight go.
2: yards, and now that's just that, that is not worth it. You so just thirty throw seconds there.
1: left. Third and two. Mahomes. Now we got twenty-five 26. seconds. They got to get a
2: first down and get out of bounds. They've got to catch oh, the catch to MVS, but oh, oh, he might have. Oh, they did. gave him the clock stoppage. He got out of bounds wow. barely. 19 technically, seconds he to go shouldn't here. have because he went backwards there, and the All, clock should continue. Although, have they changed that rule or they not? They haven't been calling it anymore. Yeah, they right? stop doing it. They go
1: it. if you're trying to get out of bounds, we know what you're they trying just to let do you here. Get out of bounds. Right, right. Yeah, but you don't get forward progress though. No, they you, won't give you forward no, progress. No,
2: and technically, they're supposed to keep the clock rolling here on this type of play,
1: right? Because he goes backwards. Ballantyne trying to keep him in bounds, not able to do it. So now, 19 seconds to go here. Ball at the 33. I like fresh this. set this is of good downs, but it doesn't matter. This is good practice, right? <laughs> Back to I pass. Mean, he's going to take a shot again, looking down we the middle that. of the field, he going for the shot oh. into the end zone over the head of everyone, including the defender. Valdez Scanling
2: through the double coverage there. They're going to have two more. If Kansas City's smart here, they'll just take three shots to the end zone and just let him work his magic. And let him throw something, some sort of laser, and we'll see
1: where it goes. Kelsey is being shown on there, making sure that Taylor Swift is still in that box. Chris Jones telling the team Chris to get Jones back telling, on the sideline here.
2: Telling, get the F out of the way.
1: He's angry. Get off the field. 14 seconds to go here. Mahomes pointing left. We're going to get roasted on Sunday Night Football. We all picked the Chiefs. All red in the ground. So did America, though. They'd have to, we'd have to roast ourselves. Oh, uh, now we have a timeout for the Packers. All right, I guess now we got to go. Okay, this is good. This will give us some time. Yeah, All right. Okay. Timeout. This will give us some time sure. to talk about some uh, terrible games. Setting offense back a million years and setting society back <laughs> is what Chris said. Uh Falcons defeat the Jets 13 to 8 was the final score in this one. The uh, Falcons, we've talked about them a couple times now. Lead the NFC South, a division that will be won by a team and maybe that will be the Atlanta Falcons uh, by one game and they do have consecutive wins for the first time since the first two weeks of the season. Uh and <laughs> And this is their best start since 2017. They're 6-6. Six and six. But uh, a win is a win, especially in the NFC South.
2: Yeah, it's a win. It wasn't pretty, as we know, right? Defensive struggle. Uh, it, I mean, really, it, felt, it kind of felt like whoever made the first big mistake or mistakes in the football game was going to lose. Right? They, they got the safety early on in the football game, the Jets, to get up a 2-0. But really, I think the big point of the game or the big turning point was the Dalvin Cook fumble. Dalvin Cook just kind of had the ball, you know, around midfield. And you're going, okay, that's, that's pretty good, whatever else. And that fumble led to a short field, round midfield. Falcons get it, few runs. Then he hits, you know, Mikhail Pruitt, Michael Pruitt on a little seam route up the right side, 7-2, and, you know – the way this game played out, that was all the offense you needed. It was like, Oh, hey, the the Braves are beating the Mets, seven to two. Good game here. Um Jets defense, hey, they fight hard and all that, but it's the same story with the Jets. Come on. You know. Is everybody seeing that Zach Wilson wasn't the problem? I mean at least No, I, I think everyone's seeing everyone's the problem. Oh, right. Him I included. Mean, at least you had a chance to win the games with Zach Wilson. Sure. That's what I want to say to the Jet fans out there.
1: Final play of the game. Oh no. Sorry. One more play for the Chiefs coming up here. Keep going.
2: Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know where the Jets go. But it's not going to improve on the offensive side of the ball. You know, their defense fights, they play hard. But, you know, again, it's it's hard to, to be on the field as much as they are. They get worn down eventually. Um, Ritter didn't make any big mistakes. I think that's the big thing of the day. Made a few plays in the past game. You know, But overall, yeah, this was a boring, underwhelming defensive struggle with two teams that got below-average quarterbacks in the NFL, and uh, that led to a, a
1: not-very-pleasurable watch. Five-game losing streak for the Jets, nine points per game during that losing streak. We close That's the book on this one. Final play for Mahomes into the end zone, chucking it, pushing, shoving. Kelsey is down there. The ball hits the turf. This game is over. The Chiefs are falling to eight and four, yep. and the Green Bay Packers are in the thick of things now in the wild card race in the NFC, improving to 6-6. Six and six. Jordan Love fends off the great Patrick Mahomes and gets a victory. Dolphins right. and Ravens leading the AFC now.
2: Wow. Yeah, Dolphins are the number one seed. Ravens are the number two seed. That's
1: pretty interesting. It really All right, is. so let's do it. You ready for it? Yeah. You ready to if, – if you're uh, clicking on to this uh, recap of our Sunday night football game, um, you might want to check earlier, too, as – our producer Matt Casey is also reacting yeah, well, the to Hail uh, some Mary, pushing Kelsey and shoving. Got, and, yeah, it got, like didn't this, really like get an yeah. opportunity
2: to go up and get the ball. This
1: one I can understand. This yeah. is going to be on the Hail Mary pushing and shoving. I'm okay with him just kind of like, kinda like the that. the Valdez that scaling go. post down the middle was the, a rough one.
2: I'm, I, was that not the
1: worst? I, that's it the was worst. Pretty I've, bad. I think it's the worst I've ever pretty seen. Bad. Yeah, that was not yeah. called. Pete says it's up there. He doesn't want me to commit. Totally, it's the worst I've ever seen since last week. Says Pete. That's probably true too. Um, all right, what do you make of this? packers for real you know
2: i think the packers are real i you know the packers was all about just how quickly can jordan love kind of get it all together it took a while but we're seeing the last three or four weeks it continues to go on a steep upward trajectory right the the talent on the defense is real Right, You saw them give Kansas City plenty of problems tonight. Now we know Kansas City's offense isn't what it used to be, that's for sure. But I think the, the story is just Green Bay's offense. This is why you know, I didn't have the, the guts to pick them to win this game, but the matchup of the Chiefs in your face, man-to-man, a little bit like the Cowboys versus the Seahawks, right? Where you just go, You sure you want to do that against this group all game long? Right? And and I think that's that to me is where the matchup was different. And the fact that they're being aggressive with Jordan Love and not holding anything back now, they're gonna be dangerous. You know, hopefully Christian Watson is healthy because he of course is a big part of this attack. They do a good job of staying patient with the run. They've gotten better with that. They pass protect well. You didn't see the Chiefs who almost pressure everybody every week. You know, Jordan Love had plenty of time to throw the ball tonight. And, you know, they're they're in uh, empty the playbook. Right? What I think is fun is you're seeing Matt LaFleur and his offense kind of work here this year. It's not the Rodgers offense. It's Matt LaFleur and what he has to bring to the table. And he's molding Jordan Love. And it's, it's, it's
1: looking pretty damn good right now as we sit here in the first week of December. It is it is fun to watch. Uh, Thomas S. Pena often uh, comments here. And yeah. He's a, he's a regular homie on the podcast. Says damn okay, Patrick Mahomes. He'll lead a comeback against the Packers here in a few minutes. So he... <laughs> He like he believes us, what I did. He like us right. was was wrong and proven it in in real time. His interception was
2: big. It was. You know, it was what six or seven minutes left in the football game. They were passing midfield and kind of ran a little pick play wheel route up the sideline and. He didn't throw a great ball, and that's where Nixon got the interception, and you know that led to the Packers going on an ugly long field goal drive to make things really hard in Kansas City down the down the stretch. But it's it's the same talk we're had. The Chiefs yeah. right ran the ball pretty well, we know that, but the offense, the pass game, it's just nothing's easy for them right now right they're trying yeah. to find different ways to do it to to, to fake passing offense they're, This the screen game to the running backs and the receivers that was all a big part of the game tonight but there's nothing what I would call just normal surgical drop back passing you know, to the receivers on a consistent enough basis. We saw a little last week against the Raiders and that was, hey, maybe Rasheed Rice can get going. Maybe this'll be the guy that you know, you can't just focus on Kelsey. Now they got a receiver presence here. But again today it kinda of went back to, you know, what is it? They're trying to give Rasheed Rice the the, the touches and he did some good things, but I don't it, it's it's still not enough right now. Uh, that's the big thing. There's just not enough there in that Chiefs' offense at the receiving core that's helping yeah. out Patrick Mahomes, and you know I think it's it's leading to Mahomes maybe trying to make a few plays that he wouldn't normally do either. So quick work by
1: Gabby back there. Already has the playoff picture updated for the AFC. Go, and Gabby. The NFC. So here's the AFC first. I would like to look at the NFC in a second here too. So there's the AFC. The yeah. the Chiefs are eight and four um, now, and in the fourth spot for uh, yeah. division winners. I, I don't know. It, it is almost looking like that's going to be their, their spot. Now, they're fortunate a little bit that the Denver Broncos did not win today because then all of a sudden the, the West gets a little yeah, closer a little there. But I don't know. It still seems like they have the inside track and two games up on every, every team there. Um, I don't know. What, what the do you Chiefs think? have a favorable schedule down the stretch. Oh, that would be
2: the one. That, they have the Bills coming up next. So that will be tough. We know that. But then it's Patriots. It's Raiders again. It's Bengals without Joe Burrow. And then it's the Chargers. Mm. So those are things where I look at the schedule and go. Other than next week against Buffalo, you know they're going to be better than the last four teams they play during the year. You know, but there's the, the the big thing is it's just the work that needs to be done on the offensive side of the ball to continue to establish a legit threat at receiver, right? That that's the big thing. They got to figure that out here the last four or five weeks of the year here, uh, and find something there, or they're going to be a team that's. Yeah, not going to make be able to make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, Uh, you thought maybe it was Rasheed Rice
1: was developing into. Yeah, and we'll see. He still
2: might be it. He still might be it, but it's not there yet to where they can rely on it. And again, the passing offense—it was too hard tonight. As you watch the game, you know Mahomes ended up with what two two ten. Yeah, so that just says it all. You know, and and I would say. Two of the biggest Travis Kelsey catches during the day were Mahomes scrambling and him getting open that way. So, again, I don't look at that and go, oh, well, that makes me feel better about Kansas City. They got it going on. No, that's stuff where I just go, that's Mahomes magic. I don't know if he's going to get away with that or be able to make that happen against the top-tier
1: football teams in the NFL. And the Green Bay Packers right now, if the playoffs were to start at this moment, they are a playoff team. They are currently the seventh seed. They beat the Rams head-to-head, so they get that spot. Vikings are the sixth seed. The Lions are the three. So right now, the Lions are maybe one of the most dominant teams in football because three teams from that division are playoff teams right now. So that means the Lions, by function of winning that division, it are one of the most dominant it teams is amazing. in football. It's, uh, it's amazing the bottom of both you know, <laughs> playoff brackets it's here, insane. how
2: close it is and jumbled up it is. And, yeah, there's still a lot of a lot of football to be played
1: here to figure this whole thing out. And, Pete, do we have the tweet? There it is. We got old takes oh, exposed. Oh, man, I knew it. We got it. The we got crushed. whole crew.
2: Damn. You see, I picked 23-20. I thought it was – I said all week, and I will say my, my pick spot. I just – that was one of those where I was going to go, if I'm going to pick Green Bay and Kansas City wins, I'm going to go, what the f- – why, why are you being so yeah. cute picking against the Chiefs and, and all of that? So I gave the warning to the homies out there to go, if there's an upset to be had, my two were the Saints and that and hopefully some of them had the guts to actually
1: you know make the call that that I didn't each and every one of you Kansas City Chiefs and Maria says it every time whenever you all go against yeah. you know all go yeah, one way she goes that's dangerous and dangerous. she knew it she felt it at the time there right. A game in Lambeau, and it was dangerous, and now you have to live with that tweet being out there. <laughs> I know, like, how, I how, gonna, how will I live? I know, Thank God that. for
2: fro- freezing cold
1: takes.
0: we
2: got one more game to talk about. It's easy our... to call everybody else on their takes when you don't actually make a take oh, yourself. Oh, it's so right? easy. It's yeah, super it's really easy. Right? You just wait for someone <laughs> yeah. to be wrong, and then, right. you, and then you make fun
1: <laughs> of them. Oh, it's <laughs> the best. Um, all right, one more game to talk about, but let's not spend too much time on this one. Uh, Chargers beat the Patriots 6 to nothing. It's the fewest points ever in a Chargers win. Ever. We're talking ever in the history of the Chargers, no matter which city they were playing in. Uh, They snapped their three-game losing streak. Khalil Mack did have a couple sacks in this one, and he is the first Charger with 15 or more in a season since Sean Merriman in 2006. Wait, he has 15 sacks in the season? Mack? Khalil Mack? He does. He's been on fire. Wow. He
2: had that six-sack game, and then he's had a few two-and-threes here and there that have – yeah. Made him look like the old Khalil Mack <laughs> when he was back with the Raiders and the Bears, dominating football. He's still a really good football player. We haven't seen him rush the passer like we've seen this year. I think that's that's the big thing, right? And uh, this game was just beyond ugly, beyond. You know, the, the first off, you know, the Patriots early on in the game are kind of smashing the shit out of the Chargers. Ramondre Stevenson got stuck in a bad position and fumbled the football as they were driving early on. That kinda of took a little air out of the 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 Patriots sales, right? You know, he's one of their go to guys. But this was all about field position and just try to win the game that way. And will the Chargers find some way to screw it up at some point? Which is really hard to do against the the Patriots, who find a way almost all weeks with Bailey Zappi. But yeah, it was. I mean, they get a they get a a a, a field goal off of what? Uh, backing the Patriots up, making them punt back in their own end zone. They get a field goal that way, where they put a seven play drive together. Yeah, I mean, uh, their
1: two field goals were on a twenty seven yard drive and a seven yard drive. Uh, it, it, there there was nothing to look
2: at. You know, the Patriots defense admirable and what they did once again but yeah one was backed up punt good field position the other one was pretty good punt with a good return added to it right and then the Chargers couldn't do anything with the ball after that and they had to kick the field goal um so again you know the Chargers good job winning the football game I don't really know if there's a silver lining to this one either that they just they won a game out in the cold in the northeast and they can say they did that but yeah, there's, there's nothing that I look at to go, oh, wow, watch out for the Chargers here. I mean, the Patriots ran for 148 yards in this game, which is crazy. They were bludgeoning them early on in the football game, for sure. They just have no pass game to rely on, right? It's, oh, we threw up a ball here, we did this, but, you know, Bailey Zappi's not in the trust tree, nor is he talented enough to make any plays for them. So... Yeah, there's just there's few ways. It's hard to run the ball all the way down the field like it's 1912 again
1: and go score touchdowns. So some of these stats date back to 1912, and because we want to just show how historic this is, I mean Bill Belichick has never seen this. It's the longest losing streak they've lost five in a row under Bill Belichick for the Patriots right now. Uh, they're the first team since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals to allow ten or fewer points in three straight games and lose. lose all three. That's amazing. Well, their coach, their D, D, is playing well.
2: their D is playing well. It is. It's a pain in the butt. They just have nothing on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, nothing. Like, less nothing than teams like the Giants and other teams that we've talked to have played this style of football, right? I mean, the Jets have more home run hitters than the Patriots do. I mean, it's you take some of the worst offenses in football and you go, eh, they got a little more than the Patriots do. Right? Let alone at least a lot of those teams have a quarterback.
1: Uh, The Patriots, it's unbelievable what we're watching right now. I'm still in shock by it. Dolph fan 2334 does want to know, Chris, have you seen a worse offense than the Patriots right now? Uh, I I mean, maybe
2: the one last year, the Patriots. I think that would rival it. (laughs) But no, this is probably, this is, this is, the Jets and the Patriots are are fighting for the, the two worst offenses I can remember in recent history right this is mm-hmm. this is giants feels, are giants
1: are kind of giant conversation No,
2: yeah the, the giants i mean devito's been making some uh, plays yeah, lately oh, geez,
0: and sorry, you know okay. high had had 100 Pete. yards receiving I, they've, been, they've
2: been saquon's had some games you're like, right so that's where i would argue but the, no i mean to you that's what i was trying to say with my last point is that the giants even have some playmakers at yeah. the patriots zone. not it, it's up there as bad as it gets and then i think with the this, what's different from last year to this year is the way the coaches have handled the quarterback situation, the whole way that situation's playing out at all. There's no leader in the offense, so there's nothing to bring the group together, and it's just doom. They're, they, they're taking the field going, we suck, and I don't know if we're going to be able to score any points today. And that's hard you know, when you're playing with no confidence like that as an
1: offense. Here's the question. Will Caleb Williams want to go play for the New England Patriots? We'll, we'll see that. who the new head coach is. That's going well, to be see.
2: interesting to see, but... Yeah, it's um, it's over, and I, I I would think the Mac Jones era is over there altogether. I don't know where that goes. Right, he might need a fresh start, and I don't expect Bill Belichick to be back with the
0: Patriots either.
1: All right, let's cleanse the palate yeah. briefly by talking about the high scoring affair on Thursday night. The Cowboys beat the Seahawks, forty one to thirty five, is the final score. Um, all right, well, I mean, awesome football game. It was a great football right? game because it looked like, all right, the Cowboys are yeah. showing like they're, they're flexing their muscle here. Yeah. And then it was like, hold on, wait a second. The Seahawks have something to say about that. Yep. Uh, but then at the, ultimately the Cowboys were like, all right, they showed us something by coming back and winning that they game. They definitely get coming back and winning it.
2: And then you were like, wait, are they about to win by more than this? Are they going to blow them out here at the end? I mean, a lot of big plays in the football game. It does. I want to go to, da- you know, uh, again, good for Seattle. Let's just start there. Seattle made some plays on the offensive side of the ball. That was good. You know, certainly did some positives there. But, I mean, the Seahawks defense, man, just too much talent to be getting gashed the way they get gashed. They suck on third down, they suck in the red zone, right? You know, the offense sucks on third down and sucks in the red zone too. They just didn't last Thursday night. Why? This is another thing where I wanna go over to the, the Cowboys and go, Does it have to be man to man every play? Even when the team has Njigba, Lockett and and Metcalf? Are we are we not seeing that this team couldn't throw the ball against zone defenses the last eight weeks of the year and the only thing they can do is throw against man to man and you're just gonna go, Well, we'll play man to man every play, even though that's the only thing we know they have you know, evidence of being good on, we'll do it every play because that's what we do, right? Like, Cowboys, you're not going to go to the Super Bowl or be where you want to be if you don't start playing, like, game plans that make sense against that. You're not that good to where you can just go, we're going to get in the face of everybody and play man-to-man all game long against all the good teams in football. I mean, they would have been sick with themselves if they lost to that Seattle Seahawks football team. And they tried to. I mean, if Lockett doesn't drop that ball down the middle – Right? I don't know if you remember the play where Gino kind of threw it before he had to, and Lockett barely got his head turned around on a post route and it hit him in the face. Like, there's a good chance the Seahawks are going to win the football game right there. They were fortunate. So that's where the Cowboys, you know, I know their defense makes plays and they get after the quarterback and do all that, but. Man, it doesn't always have to be just so aggressive and in your face a little bit. Sometimes it's okay to bend a little bit. Mm. You know, this one, they, they tried so hard to stiffen up that they broke a few times instead of having a little flexibility and go, you know, well, let, hey, this formation, I they, they can do some things against us. Let's be a little conservative. They throw a five-yard pass, gonna, so what? Let's not let them throw a 70-yard post out. Oh, they just did that. Yeah, well, yeah. You got no safety in the middle of the field. This DK Metcalf, one-on-one with Deron Bland, where another one... Where I'm going to go, I love Deron Bland, but it was everybody really fucking serious with Deron Bland, defensive MVP? Come on, everybody. Are we all just going to get to the point where we just look at stats and go, he's the MVP. He's the MVP. Like, come on. I mean, come on. Now, I will say that he's there, real are good. Some, there
1: are some years where the, the story is just, it's just so good. Like, like the, the, the story, like, what was the story? Like, The unfortunate thing for him is a lot of these have come in blowout performance like yeah. the pick six were not necessarily that right. consequential right. In and he's the game. been doing
2: a really good job don't get me wrong but if you here. do something
1: if if you do something yeah Pete, uh, pete's joking he goes yeah he just broke that record though that we just learned about and no one knew about that record until he the did most it yards given up and man-to-man versus you know too. whatever right. um but uh, there are certain times where it's just like man he really was a story and if you do something that had never been done before in the nfl i i do think sometimes narrative Ken Trump, you know, actual quality best I, I, I players in the league. There. Well,
2: that's where we have to talk sense into it, and we yeah. give it the narrative, and we talk about it, and we say how awesome he is, but we don't have to call him the defense MVP. Yeah, I mean, we're there, there, there's people there that we're about to go, I think Deron Bryant is probably more important than Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Like, yeah, well, are you kidding me? You yeah. should be off talking football if you say that. Like, get <laughs> out of here. You're yeah. fired, right? Yeah. But Dak Prescott, his play, we got to talk about that. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. And if that continues to go in the right trajectory, he can be an MVP winner for sure. I mean, again, it's not like they have a great run game. C.D. Lamb's really good, but he ain't Tyreek Hill or any of Justin Jefferson or Debo Samuel or any of that, right? You know, this is him standing in the pocket, making one great decision and throw after another, and that's where I'll respect Dak Prescott tremendously uh we'll see where this goes i mean there's a big game against the, the eagles this week and we know the cowboys against teams that are big and physical can they hang in there that's yep. going to be the issue we'll see this week against the eagles if they can overcome their
1: kryptonite there a little bit more rest than the philadelphia eagles yeah. and so that'll be perhaps to the advantage of the of the dallas cowboys but that's a good one for us uh coming up on this sunday one more game to talk about it's monday night bengals at jaguars what are your thoughts on yeah, this one? You picked the Jaguars to win by how much? Yeah,
2: I picked the Jaguars to win. I know, it, you know, it's a last-ditch effort by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think I picked it twenty-eight uh, seventeen, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think the Bengals. You know, listen, they're they're a prideful football team. There's some things about, you know, last week's performance and Browning and what he did that you go, they're not totally inept passing the ball. It's not going to be pretty, but ultimately what I worry about is the Bengals' defense like we've talked about. You know, this, That defense versus the, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, the way he's playing, the balance they have on the offense. They're starting to throw the ball down the field in five big plays that way. The Bengals give up a lot of big plays. I just don't think the Bengals' offense will be able to keep pace with this, this Jaguars' offense, ultimately 28-17
1: Jaguars. So that is the final game of Week 13. There are still plenty more weeks to go, but in college football – we're oh, don't get end. me started! So before we go, this is how my day started right here. Baby Joker twenty three twelve says, "Hook 'em,
2: I'm, Texas I'm, is
1: in." I'm pumped that Texas is in. P-
2: pumped. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't. know one did. Now it seems like the committee was very scared in. Why are we, how are we going to get teams to schedule out-of-conference big games if we don't count Texas beating Alabama as a big one? Yeah. Where I want to argue and go, that was early in the year. Mm-hmm. M- you know, Milrow wasn't even remotely what he is right now, the Alabama quarterback. So right? you're giving
1: the argument against Texas getting in. I am. I don't <laughs> think Texas is one of the four best teams. Oh, my gosh. Right. I- I'm just a realist. I know I got a
2: Longhorn tattoo, and I love my Longhorns, and I'm going to root like hell in the Final Four. I'm going to. But if you ask me who the four best teams in college football are, I'm going to go Michigan, Mm. Georgia.
1: Ohio State, and Alabama, probably. So you, and you could make that argument, right? Because know. who knows, I know. right? I think you could have eight teams. If you had the that, eight, that's probably eight teams what that do. everyone's been talking right. about and you put right. them in a tournament, I wouldn't be shocked if any one of those eight teams won the whole thing. Maybe Florida State without their quarterback. but
2: It's unfortunate for Florida State. They had a great year. But you can't say they're one of the four best teams with a backup quarterback
1: or a third-string quarterback. I'm sorry. But here's the thing, too. How do we know? We don't know. We get picks wrong all the time. We're failed gamblers. Yeah, none of us know. Okay. Like Florida State could go in there. Like I, a lot. Of, like granted, I don't think they are either. Right. But a lot of people thought that there was no way that they would be Louisville with oh, their third string quarterback. Louisville, the juggernaut of no, Louisville, I the mean, team there's... that lost a shitty ass pit. and who
2: else did they lose? They lost to the Kentucky. Kentucky lost to Georgia fifty-one to thirteen. Right. So that that's all I'm saying. You know Alabama almost lost to Arkansas who I, finished 4 yeah, and 8 yeah. and almost lost to Oregon I, or Auburn, Auburn who was 66 I I hear you it's still you play there's that game a, lot a lot more talented players on the football field than the SEC and it ain't as easy just to that go. Oh, we're going to steamroll that schedule as compared to the ACC basketball conference or some of this
1: other stuff that's going on. But you can't here. just the Big have Ten it. suck this year. Yeah, the Big right? Ten did. I, I'm worried about Michigan. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they have enough. It's a bad matchup. Did you see what they said? Car. Did you
2: see all the reactions when yes. they said they were playing Alabama? The like, whole ooh. room was like, oh, <laughs> oh gosh. They we're yeah. hoping uh, we're getting that third uh, or second. We like to play seventeen fourteen games, and they like to play 17-14 games. Tough matchup. I'm just. How, Georgia has been the the most dominant thing in the sport for three years. How can one loss to one of the greatest dynasties we've seen in the history of college football, and they get yeah. knocked out of the final four? That I don't get. I don't get. Right. So well, this is what I don't get either.
1: Actually, you know, and 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 first of all, this is just the problem that. Happens when you only have four teams in a That's playoff, right? right? Stuff like this will happen, right. and especially right. when you have five power yeah. conferences and you only have a four-team playoff. That doesn't make much sense. Right. Uh, but in the final rankings, you know, they, they put a Florida State out of it. They, they're like, they're not good enough without their quarterback yeah. to beat you know, sure. Alabama or Texas or any of these top four teams. Right. But they did put them fifth, which is ahead of Georgia. So I guess they're saying in their rankings that we still think that they're better than Georgia. That's insane. That was just like that doesn't a doesn't little gift
2: for them. Like, hey, it's a consolation prize. And they will
1: play each other in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Florida State and Georgia. We'll see how that goes. But yeah.
2: I am pumped for my Longhorns. Right? What a big year for... I think they have a chance. I think they have some weapons on offense. They Definitely. A good we could beat Washington. No doubt about it. We're going to be dangerous. Definitely. And it's a great four teams to have in it. And Michael Penix and Washington, how they play, what a big win for them. That'll be fun, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess I was surprised by the no Georgia thing more than anything. Yeah, you, know, I, I, you gotta have the SEC's gotta have one team. That's all I know for sure. And damn, most years I feel like they should have two. Okay, that's just I think they're a notch above the rest of college football in that conference. Yeah. and that's where I kind
1: of stick up for them a little bit. Won't be an issue going no, into, uh, next year with twelve teams. We'll be arguing whether uh, uh, the who, team Ole 13 Ole 13 should, should get Miss in, or right. Maryland should yeah. be the the last team in. Um, all right, but we right, now, we did a damn. No we argument. hit everything
2: when you listen to this podcast. We give you live <laughs> in game analysis. We give you the whole day, and we give you college football. Wow. We give you Thursday. Might have been damn, the most, we do it all. Most we've ever given. I homies, mean, it I might explain. have been. Yeah, you're welcome, homies. <laughs> all right, everybody. It's 11:51 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sunday. I got to be back in this building Oof. in six hours. I got to go home and go to bed. Ahmed, you the man you as the always. Man. Great show, everybody. Thanks to everybody out there. Keep sending the questions. You know where to find us Wednesday. Me and Ahmed will be back for the Treasure Hunters podcast, aka What the Fuck Happened. And then the week will go on from there. Enjoy it. Peace out. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We'll talk to you. Clap it up. it up.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.